Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where we talk about all things eating disorder recovery, autism, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and my mission is to inspire individuals from across the globe to live a life in which they feel fulfilled and free from limiting labels. I am so excited to have you here and cannot wait to dive into the episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Live Label Free podcast. Today, we are going to be chatting about a highly requested topic, and that is, how do I cope with weight gain? The reason I felt called to record an episode on weight gain is because recently, I have gained weight. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know I shared how I've generally just been eating more food, and I've outgrown my clothes. And... I just want to stress how okay that is. Weight gain is so demonized in our fat phobic society, especially when it comes to people who are quote-unquote weight restored or already at a quote-unquote healthy BMI, which I'm not even going to get into right now because that's a whole nother topic. But if you are nourishing your body and honoring your hunger and the result of that is weight gain, then your body probably needs to be gaining weight. And I know not everyone may agree with me on this, but our bodies are so incredibly smart and they will adapt and they will adjust in order to reach their naturally happy place that each and every one of us has. Now, with that said, I know weight gain is still a very difficult process. Knowing that you need to gain weight doesn't make actually gaining weight any easier. It's a mental process just as much as it is a physical one. It's not that bigger thighs actually changes anything about you. It's that we attach so much value to the way we look that we believe we're less worthy in a bigger body. And when we realize our clothes have become too tight, it's not actually the tight clothes that make us feel uncomfortable. I mean, of course, wearing jeans that literally suffocate your legs is not comfortable, (laughs) but I am talking about this idea that needing to buy new jeans or going up a size is really what you're uncomfortable about. Otherwise, you wouldn't have tried to fit into the suffocating jeans in the first place. So this episode is really meant to give you a new perspective on weight gain and changing bodies so that you can shift your mindset to acceptance rather than resistance. Because you know what they say, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Suffering is the result of pain plus resistance. And no one wants to suffer, especially because weight gain is hard enough. So I'm going to be addressing both the physical and mental aspects of weight gain, and I'll be sharing eight tangible tips that really helped me. And I do want to stress the me in that sentence because what worked for me may not work for you and the other way around. So from this episode, take what you need and leave what you don't because recovery and life in general is a personalized process and the choices you make to support your own journey will be unique to you and won't work for everyone. 
So my very first tip when it comes to coping with weight gain is to aim for acceptance rather than love. And throughout this episode, acceptance will definitely be a recurring theme, so watch out for that. But as most of you know who listen to this, there's several people on Instagram, whether that be women, men, people who don't identify a certain gender, really all different kinds of people from all different kinds of walks of life that are promoting body positivity, body love, embracing fat rolls, touching thighs, cellulite and several other aspects of our bodies that diet culture has taught us to hate about our bodies and while this is absolutely amazing and beautiful to see that these people have found a loving relationship with their body I know this is also a very unrealistic standard for the most of us and especially those of us in recovery from disordered eating or any type of eating disorder and I just want to remind you that that's okay. You don't need to love your body, but that doesn't mean you can't accept it. I mean, just think about it. And I'll give you an example to put this kind of idea of acceptance rather than love into perspective. So for example, we all need to go to the bathroom every day. And I think I can go out on a limb and say that most of us don't love going to the bathroom, but we accept the fact that it's a daily activity and therefore we don't complain. And Maybe this is a silly comparison, but you get my point. Because the same thing goes for having fat on our bodies. It's absolutely necessary for our health to have fat on our bodies. And many of us don't love seeing it or holding it or whatever we do with it. But we do need to accept that this fat is keeping us alive and is 100% necessary for our health. Now my second tip is to practice gratitude for what your body can do. Because body acceptance is cool and all, but how do you actually learn to put this acceptance into practice? And to be honest, this takes time. You most likely will not wake up one day, look in the mirror and say, hey, well, look at that. I finally accept my body after all these years. I mean, if that happens, great. I am so happy for you. But I don't think this is realistic for most people. What is realistic is to take small steps to accept your body and one of those is practicing gratitude. So I invite you to buy yourself a journal or get that dusty journal out of the bookshelf and write down one thing about your body that you're grateful for and why. And you don't have to start with the hard parts. You can start easy. You don't immediately have to be grateful for your thighs or your cellulite or your stomach rolls. Just start off by expressing gratitude for maybe your hands, your feet, your ears, whatever works for you in this moment. The more you practice, the more you can work up to the more challenging body parts and over time, accepting your body will become easier and easier. I actually looked back at my journal from a couple years ago before I recorded this episode and I wanted to read one of my entries to you when I was putting this own gratitude practice into practice. So here it comes. I am grateful for my legs because they support me, they allow me to walk, run, jump, and my legs allow me to have rockin' dance parties. (laughs) So... As you can tell, it really doesn't have to be complicated. And practicing gratitude for one body part literally only takes less than 10 seconds. And it may seem silly at first, but trust me, expressing gratitude for each part of my body was truly a game changer in my recovery and body acceptance journey. Now, my 
third tip for you today is to stick affirmations where you can see them. And this is something I personally never needed to do, but it is something that a lot of my clients and people I know from treatment and people I know through Instagram have really benefited from. And it's kind of similar to expressing gratitude for body parts, but it's also really helpful if you feel positively confronted every time you look at yourself. So affirmations act as a reminder of hey, it's okay, and they can aid in keeping you cool when you find yourself upset at what's staring back at you. So some suggestions for affirmations are, I look beautiful today, or it's okay to see my body change, and I deserve to fuel my body, or maybe I deserve to take up space. So you can write these on post-it notes, you can write them wherever you want, and just place them where you need to see them. Like maybe if you find that every time you look in the mirror and you find yourself criticizing your body, if you just have some post-it notes with positive affirmations, that can really help bring you back to reminding you of why you're doing this and your motivation in recovery. So like I said in the beginning of this episode, personalize your recovery to fit your needs. What you choose to write on your affirmations is totally up to you, but I just wanted to share some ideas. So my fourth tip is a bit controversial, but it's to actually not hide from yourself or your reflection. And the reason I say controversial is because at almost every treatment facility I have been to, mirrors were either blocked, they didn't show the waist down, or we were strictly advised to avoid looking in the mirror or otherwise known as body checking. But I personally believe that confrontation is the very first step to acceptance. So here we are again with the acceptance because how can you accept something without knowing what that thing even looks like? And to elaborate on this, I was told to delete any past pictures of my thinner self because this could be quote unquote triggering and wouldn't help me progress throughout my recovery. But anything can be triggering as long as you give it the power to be triggering. And I definitely do want to do a separate episode specifically on becoming trigger-proof in recovery because I believe that that too is incredibly important to a sustainable and long-lasting recovery. So like I said about personalizing your recovery and choosing which tips you take and which tips you leave, I do know many people who have found that avoidance does in fact help their healing process. And it's just something that personally never helped me. And that's okay because I believe you can only accept and embrace change when you are aware of the change, like I mentioned earlier about how you can only accept something if you know it actually exists. And for me, avoidance often led to frustration and honestly wanting to rebel and go against the rules. And to give another example from Carolina House is when I went on my first pass and this was actually going home to my aunt and uncle's house for the first time. So being away from the treatment facility for the first time is what they would call a pass. And I hadn't been able to see how I looked in the mirror for months. So the first thing I went to do when I got home was find the closest mirror so I could finally see what my new body looked like. And when I finally did, I was shocked. I wasn't unsatisfied with what I saw and I definitely thought that I looked better. I mean, (laughs) I had gained very necessary weight. But at the same time, I was also quite upset that I had changed this much without having been able to slowly 
acclimate to the changes over time. And I feel this same thing goes for seeing your weight, so seeing the number on the scale, because doing that same path as when I wanted to look at myself in the mirror and when I did do so, I also went to weigh myself because, I mean, it was bound to happen at some point. We are human beings and human beings are naturally curious and naturally rebellious. I mean, think about a little kid who isn't allowed to go play in the playground and they have to sit still and just not do anything. I mean, that kid, whenever he gets the chance, he's going to run and play in the playground because we naturally want to do things that other people say we're not allowed to do. So same with restricting and binge. I mean, if you forbid yourself of eating a certain food, your body will naturally compensate by overeating these foods as soon as you get the chance. And this is really the phenomenon behind extreme hunger because if we have restricted ourselves of food, of specifically certain foods for such a long time, as soon as our body perceives that we are no longer in a famine environment and as soon as our body perceives that there is in fact food for us, we will do everything we can and our body will send out cues signaling to us that we need to get as much food inside our bodies as possible. And I could honestly ramble on and on about how any kind of force does not work in the long term because it's like a pendulum. Like the more you swing to one side, the more you'll swing to the other side. But you get my point. And (laughs) before we move on to the next tip for coping with weight gain, I just want to remind you and reiterate that of course you should not body check or look at sick photos or weigh yourself if you know it will be triggering and if you know it will act as a barrier in your recovery. But what I am saying is that this method does not work for everyone and it can also backfire if these measures are not decided on in harmony with the patient. So for example, for me, that would be this idea of mirrors. My treatment team kind of decided for me that mirrors would be triggering without even discussing it with me. So as soon as I got the chance to look in a mirror or weigh myself, I immediately did that. This is your recovery and you know what's best for you again. And just in case you're wondering, I am not talking about what your eating disorder thinks is best. I'm talking about what you think is best, what your heart is telling you is best. And here you have to be brutally honest with yourself and evaluate what you need in your recovery every step of the way. Are you currently experiencing extreme hunger and do you fear that you're becoming a binge eater? Or perhaps you are constantly thinking of ways to deserve food or make up for it. Or you just feel overridden with gut-wrenching guilt every time you eat something unplanned or miss a workout. If any of that resonates, you are in luck because I am interrupting my very own episode to tell you about my one-on-one coaching program. One of my favorite quotes is that your mess will become your message and my coaching program was really born out of that. I created this program after being told that I was a hopeless case by a clinical psychiatrist over six years ago. I thought there was something wrong with me and that I was simply uncurable, but I quickly learned that I wasn't the only one being pushed aside by their doctors and healthcare providers. It was the system that was failing patients, not to mention how most treatment centers or insurance companies only support those who fit the eating disorder stereotypes. As the years went on and I finally dug myself out of the deep hole the eating disorder had created for me, 
I continued to hear horror story after horror story from clients being disregarded and being labeled as too complex by the so-called professionals. In the traditional healthcare system, it really is unfortunate that you fall between land and ship when you're dealing with more than one mental health issue, and you're often told to first, quote-unquote, fix the other issues before they can help you with tackling your eating disorder. But it does not work like that. An eating disorder never stands alone, so why should you? My promise when it comes to coaching is to guide you on the path to freedom, whatever that looks like for you. You don't need to fit a stereotype or be at a low weight or even feel sick enough to get help. In fact, if any part of your life is compromised by disordered eating, you are sick enough and have every right to help. Whatever you're going through right now, please know that you are never alone and I am so open to exploring how we can find freedom for you together. I have stood in your shoes and am so incredibly passionate about the power of lived experience. I thought that I was never going to get better, yet here I am, thriving, and if I can do it, so can you. During our time together, we will approach your recovery holistically. We'll explore what's holding you back, discover what you need, and unlock your full potential because you are so beautiful and unique, my friend. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me at livelabelfree.com forward slash schedule. That's livelabelfree, like the name of this podcast, dot com forward slash schedule. So that's S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E. I absolutely cannot wait to chat. Now, let's get back to the episode. So tip five was bound to be in here somewhere, and that is to treat yourself to a new wardrobe if you are gaining weight or if you have gained weight. And shopping for new clothes can be so, so challenging for several reasons, from realizing you have to get rid of clothes because they no longer fit you, to the actual part where you're in the store and can no longer purchase the smaller size. But here's the catch. Clothes are meant to fit you, not the other way around. And I've got to be honest and say that during the whole weight gain part of my recovery, growing out of my clothes was definitely one of the hardest parts. All my life, I was used to purchasing the smallest size. Even as a kid, I was a small kid and still am a very small human. Like, I'm only five feet tall. So when I had gained so much weight during recovery that I had to actually start buying bigger sizes, I was quite upset. I was upset that there were other people that did fit into those sizes and I was no longer one of them. And I was honestly jealous of those people and I was jealous of imaginary people that seemed to have the quote-unquote perfect figure so that their stomach doesn't bulge into the waistband of those cute high-rise leggings from Lululemon. And I was mad at myself for allowing myself to eat all the food that had caused what I believed to be a disaster of not being able to fit into the smallest size. But all of this frustration all of those negative emotions, they came from a place of fear. They came from a fear of change, fear that I wasn't worthy, fear that other people who do fit into the smallest size are somehow better than me. But can I tell you a secret? You are not a freaking child anymore. People are supposed to have fat on their bodies, especially women. It's something that's normal and even healthy, yes, 
healthy to have fat just make sure you repeat that to yourself if you still doubt it because do you know what percentage of people actually fit an xxs or a double zero genes like not many that's like a very small fraction of the population and besides that's because everyone's body type is different your worth is not defined by the body you were given nor is anyone better or worse because they are able to fit into a different size of clothing what makes you unique is you, your personality, your character, how you treat other people, how you approach life. That is what truly matters. And on top of everything, a size is seriously just a size. It's just a freaking number. And often, it's not even accurate. I mean, I myself have clothing that ranges from size extra small to extra large. I'm not even kidding. Three different brands of jeans can all be labeled the same size yet they can all fit totally differently. You may have size medium leggings and an extra small tank top. Does that mean your legs are less worthy than your torso? No, of course not. So get rid of anything and everything that no longer fits you. And you may be thinking, well, Livia, what if my weight redistributes and I eventually fit back into those smaller clothes? Well, my friend, we will cross that bridge when we get there. You can buy new clothes then, right now, the clothes that no longer fit you simply no longer fit you. Sell them, donate them, give them to your little sister or your little brother or your friend or whoever. Make someone else happy with a piece of cloth that only makes you mourn. So, here is your permission, my friend, to go out and treat yourself to clothes that actually fit you. Clothes that make you feel comfortable and pants that stretch so you still feel comfortable after you've eaten a burger and fries and a triple fudge sundae. I swear, my stretchy Target pants are my lifesaver and definitely one of the best things that I've gained during my whole recovery process. So with that said, tip six is to focus on all of the other things you've gained besides weight because weight gain is really not the only thing and at first it will be really hard to believe this and it may seem like you're actually losing everything it may seem like you're losing all control while actually the complete opposite is happening your eating disorder was in control for such a long time and now you are finally taking the reins over your life and that's the way it should be. However, this may be hard to see in the beginning. You may feel like you're losing everything that felt safe. Maybe you feel like you're losing being small, being obsessed with exercise, and having rituals and routines around food. But what's actually going on here is not feeling safe. It's that you were living in a freaking snow globe created by your eating disorder. And although it seems like the snow globe is the safe option that tricks you into thinking you are happy, you are not happy deep down. Otherwise, you would not even be listening to this right now. Come on, be honest with yourself. You know that deep down there is a better life waiting for you. And that life is one you are creating as we speak. Literally. The reality of it is that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Besides weight, relationships, being able to go out to eat now that we can again after COVID, <laughs> enjoying food, being able to exercise for joy instead of out of 
compulsion, having energy again, getting ice cream with your family, being able to think about things other than food. There is so much more to life than obsessing over our bodies, obsessing over food, and honestly, obsessing over what anyone else thinks of us. But I'm not gonna pretend that it's all easy. And that's tip number seven. Weight gain is fucking hard. Like I said before, it is one of the hardest parts of recovery. At least it was for me. Telling yourself it's quote-unquote not a big deal and that you quote-unquote can handle it is only a way to numb out the true emotions you feel about this horrible process. I mean, of course you can handle it, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Let's be real, it is going to be uncomfortable and it is going to hurt at times. You will miss your smaller body and you will find yourself comparing to other people. I mean, it's the nature of an eating disorder. You're going to feel full, you're going to get bloated, and you may want to crawl out of your own skin at times. And Let me tell you, that is okay. Allow those feelings to be there. Cry it out, stomp on the ground, throw ice at a tree, punch your pillow. Do whatever you need to get your anger and frustration out because you're finally giving up your eating disorder. And that, that my friend, that is all that matters. If it was easy, there wouldn't be treatment centers all across the world. There wouldn't be self-help books. There wouldn't be tens of thousands of people on Instagram helping other people recover and there wouldn't be recovery coaches like myself if this was all some sort of easy game so allow it to be hard and allow yourself to feel the emotions i know i sound like a broken record at this point but acceptance is the key to growth now my very last tip is to make a list of reasons to recover and this list is your very own personalized roundup of all the things you're doing it for it's your one-stop shop for your motivation for recovery the things you can do once you're healthy again the things that excite you just thinking about them so when making this list it's important to only include reasons for you not for anyone else because that won't help you're not doing this for anyone else even though maybe it seems sometimes like you're eating dinner with your family for your family you're not eating for your family i mean it's your body you are eating for you and other people of course are happy when you're eating because it shows they love you and they know that this is ultimately helping you to get to a place that's healthy for you but this list is a list made by you for you so that you can always look back on it when you need a reminder of what you're doing it all for. And this can and should totally be a running list that you keep adding to because you will feel inspired to add or remove things as you progress through your own recovery. So that's all I have for you today, my friends. If any part of this episode inspired you, I would absolutely love it if you could take a screenshot of you listening to this, share it on your IG stories, and tag me at LiveLabelFree, and maybe send me a DM of your favorite takeaway from this episode or your favorite tip. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening and to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It really helps me more than you know, and it helps to push the podcast so that we can reach more people together. Because Everyone deserves to live a life free from food rules, free from exercise, and to live in a body that's healthy for them. And I'm so grateful for you and your time, and we will definitely chat again soon. Bye, my friend. 